0: The gospel is the single greatest story there ever was and ever could be. The coming of Jesus literally split history in two and has changed the world ever since. And foundational to the gospel message is the love of our heavenly father. Without a God of love, we would have nothing. Today, Elijah and I continue talking about Romans 2, and we dive into the great love of our Lord Jesus. Thanks for joining us today on Conversations with Scripture, where we talk about the Word of God, and we let His Word speak to us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are fired up and ready to go after our last episode. Um, If you can't tell by our clothing choices, uh, we record usually two episodes back to back. So we are ready to go. Continue on in our study of Romans 2. Elijah, you want to take over and take it away?
1: So we're starting here at verse 17. If you are following along. If you're not, you can just listen to the soft and soothing voice of uh, Jordan and I as as we read. (laughs) I'm going to be reading now, but I'm sure he he might read later. (laughs) Behold, thou art called a Jew and restest in the law and makest thy boast of God. And knowest his will and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. And art confident that thou art that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. And I want to stop right there. And I don't know if it's just how I uh, I see Paul or based on my reading of, of his works uh, throughout the Bible. But I just feel like if Paul was reading this aloud, he would have the most sarcastic tone to his voice because of what he's about to say to the reader in the next few verses. It's, it's just like like he's building them up. He's like, yeah, you're the, you're the top notch of uh, theological perfection and you have the law down pat oh you're an instructor of the foolish confident that thou art a guide to the blind and then he goes on to say verse 21 thou therefore that teachest another teach thou not thyself that thou preachest thou that preachest a man should not steal dost thou steal Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. Blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. As it is written, For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made what? Uncircumcision. You might as well have not been circumcised Mm -hmm. because it's worth that much. It's worth nothing. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, Shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. And I want to stop right there and talk about this. The the rest of this chat, there's only what two more verses in this chapter. Um but I want to talk about the idea that Paul sets up here. And we talked about it a little bit in our last episode. We kind of uh, ended on that. It It's almost hinted at in the first few, uh, or in, what is it? 12 through 16. But then Paul really goes into it here through 17 to the end of the chapter. It is 100% Hypocrisy to read the Bible, to follow everything that it says, or to think that you follow everything that it says, you know, to go onto Facebook and put your little sermonette on there about how, you know, you have to do this and that and the other. But then when you are approached by somebody, in the grocery store and they kind of bump your cart with their cart and you snap at them for doing pretty much what we could call nothing that would harm you. Mm -hmm. Where's your righteousness? I would say that, and this is what Paul is saying. It doesn't matter how much time you put in. It doesn't matter how many times you read the Bible through in a week. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you fast 40 days every other 40 days. If you don't actually follow and live out what the Bible teaches, and if your heart is not in the right place, then none of it matters. Yeah. Now, do I think that you could do that much fasting, that much prayer, that much Bible reading, and still be a jerk? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I would hope that the word of God and his spirit would affect you to a point that that would be stripped away from you. But the idea is there. Yeah. I fortunately don't know very many people who... Um, would be like that but I I've been uh, on Facebook long enough to, to be confronted with comment sections where um, I mean let's just be real about it right you go to a comment section on a post about uh, a current event and it's nothing but backbiting and stabbing each other about stuff that yes does matter But it doesn't matter going, doesn't matter that much that it's worth your soul.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's worth you being um, in the right place with God. Jordan, I I don't, what do you have to add to it? I feel like I'm on a soapbox.
0: Well, (laughs) I'll just interject. I have a few things to say, but while we're on the topic of um, Facebook commenting, I want, everybody I'll admit to everyone to the however many people are subscribed to this podcast to the 18 people who are subscribed to our YouTube channel and to whoever who might listen to this in the future hopefully many many people I used to be one of those Facebook commenters
1: oh yeah uh Here we go.
0: My personality, I'll give you guys a little bit of insight to those people who might not know me very well, uh, or people who think they know me very well and and don't growing up. My brothers and I, I am the youngest. Here's a little bit of, of psychology or uh, I think this would be psychology. I'm the youngest of four boys. So Immediately, you should understand, I have certain personality traits because of the way I was raised, because I'm the baby of the family, because I was raised with all brothers. I had to fight. I had to work my hardest to be on the same level as them, given I I am nine years younger than my oldest brother. Six years younger than my second oldest, three years younger, give or take, from my, my my brother who's closest to me. So as a young kid, there was no way that I was on the same level as them, but I tried my hardest, usually failed. But it developed in me, I would say, a certain mindset of, uh, let's just say for those who are Uh, prone to the Myers-Briggs personality test I was a very strong ENTP the debater and I've since dialed back I'm more of an introvert now uh, but I historically have never been ashamed to let my opinion be known tell people why they're wrong Usually it's not because uh, I specifically have any hard feelings towards them or want to put them down. A lot of times it's for just having fun. But in in a weird sadistic way, I kind of uh, had fun with arguing with people. But um, I say that all to say I learned posting a comment on Facebook, on YouTube, Instagram, anywhere. It does no good to anything. You will never, ever, ever change anyone's mind from a comment on social media. You could try to prove me wrong. Amen. I was not convincing anyone because they already had their their opinions, uh, and this is kind of a rabbit trail. But let's just be polite let's just build each other up especially if we're brothers and sisters <clears throat> Yeah, but even think about this even if we're not brothers and sisters our comments are public so like you emphasized in verse uh what was it verse 24 For the name of god is blasphemed among the gentiles through you, you are blaspheming the name of God. The Jews were, same as applied to us, we're blaspheming the name of Jesus by bearing false witness of the name, what a Christian is to the world, if we're right. not bearing the fruit of the Spirit, <clears throat> if we're not living in peace with each other. Mm.
1: Yeah, because I mean, what what, is a, what does that comment do, right? So you, we've already established that it does nothing to actually come to a conclusion on the topic at, at hand. Mm-hmm. And unless it is very, uh, very specifically directed towards being positive, right? So if I comment on one of Jordan's posts and say, Jordan, you're the coolest guy in the whole world. I wish I could be like you when I grow up. Okay, that's a very positive comment, right? Right. So it's going to be taken positive. But if you're trying to argue a point, and even if you have a good attitude about it, that you know you have a good attitude, it's going to be taken the wrong way. It's going to be taken out of context. People are going to think you're angry. It's just what happens. So it's like what, uh, what the rabbit from Bambi says, right? You don't have anything nice to say. Just don't say anything at all. All right, folks, just don't say anything at all.
0: I do want to say one thing, if only to be uh, a little bit comical. When I was growing up, like I said, I had those tendencies to be very argumentative and think that I was always right. And uh, my mother, on many occasions, told me, Jordan, if you don't stop talking to people like that. You're not going to have any friends. And of course my response was, I don't need friends. I don't want friends who are, are wrong. I'm just trying to help them to be right. So noble Jordan. I so was noble of course, trying <laughs> to do the right thing, but this brings me to a point. We can check our motives with doing anything. And of course we're talking about social media and social media kind of seems a little silly at times, but this is apply posting a comment on anything to saying anything to anyone, sending a text, saying something to someone at your job, whatever we can judge whether our actions are good and profitable. Think about this. If you have a tendency like me, Uh, think about earlier on in the chapter and the last episode those uh, Paul was saying that they're contentious what does that mean? that means that they were trying to promote themselves their ideas above that of others well if you're posting that to try to show how good you are and how better you are than other people you should probably not say that yeah If you're saying, if you're trying to do it for any reason, but to, uh, I don't know, I probably shouldn't try to think of a good reason why to, to comment something like that. There might be one. Uh, <clears throat> in some instances, maybe it's justified. But let's just steer clear of being unnecessarily contentious. That's so good. You
1: know, I think that's really real too. You know, we live in a social media world that is undeniable. Social media, unless you have completely removed yourself and refuse to get close to it, social media has permeated every single aspect of our lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It has. So take inventory. Yeah. See, See where you might be And the language is strong. So if it offends you, sorry, not sorry, but see where you're blaspheming the name of Jesus on social media, because you might be pushing people farther away from being saved than drawing them closer to
0: Yeah.
1: And we can probably
0: get off our soapbox now, but Mm -hmm. I, I think it's valuable. I think it's valuable. Well, yeah, that's a, that I think that's a direct interpretation or uh, an application of, the life the the life of a Jew was public the life of a Pharisee was public they took the high road oh, yeah. they wanted everyone to see them in their holiness and their separation
1: praying on the street corner yeah the whole nine yards contorting their face while they fast
0: yeah we got to be <laughs> like the uh, like the tax collector who Pharisee what does it say Pharisee goes and prays and says god i i have fasted this many times i have prayed this many times yep. but the the tax collector says god i'm not even worthy to step into the temple or wherever they were woe is me i need your forgiveness jesus said uh, if i'm not mistaken that was the parable of jesus he said the publican he is the one that was justified his sins yeah. were forgiven him It's powerful. We might not have everything together. We might not be like we were talking about in the last episode. We might not be to that place of perfection. But as long as we come to God in a contrite heart, a heart of submission, dedication, God will meet us. I believe that. Right. And it, uh, it says it later
1: in Romans chapter 12. Um, I, I guess I shouldn't step on our toes in the future.
0: that's what say.
1: It says um, that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God through the grace given unto me and to every man that is among you. like it's there it is possible yeah so i want to read the the last two verses Mm -hmm. of this chapter and then we can continue discussing Um, i think we've had a lot of good things so far I'll, i'll start at 26 since that's the uh the last period that i see therefore if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law Shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And I want to, when it says, but he is a Jew, it's going, Paul's going all the way back to the promise mm-hmm. to Abraham that he would be made a father of nations and that all the people of the earth would be blessed through him. Right. So it's not saying that you have to be of Jewish blood or that you become Jewish. And, you know, we're not part Jewish, part Christian. No, he's saying that you you are joined to that promise to Abraham. When the circumcision is that of the heart. Mm-hmm. In the spirit and not in the letter. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. And we ended our last episode talking very Passionately about um, the opportunity and the ability, the true and real ability that we have to live a righteous and, and perfect life. Um, however unattainable it may seem, that it can be done indeed. Um, when we were at IBC, Sister Stephanie Galleon preached a fantastic message called uh, and I may get it slightly off, but it was uh, the heart of the matter or a matter of the heart, something along those lines. Jordan, do you remember exactly what the title was? You remember better than me. So she preached that message and there were multiple preached like it. Um, Another missionary's wife came through and preached a message very similar and the whole point of the message was geared towards what does your heart look like? What is going on down in the deepest part of your soul? Being a Christian is can be summed up in just a few um, practices. And I think the most important is found in the Old Testament and it says we're to love the Lord, our God, with all of our soul, mind, strength. Uh, I totally butchered that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> help me out. Uh, help me out,
0: Jordan. I, I'm i not good with exact quotes, uh, but think about it. It's Jesus re, uh, repeats this, says, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, whatever he says. Love your neighbor yes. as yourself. Right.
1: What is what is the key word in those verses love. to love? Mm-hmm. Love, love, love. And so if your heart is unable to love anything, or if anything in both ways you could interpret that word, anything at all in total. Or anything specifically, if your heart cannot love even that person that did you terribly wrong, or you can't love um, a certain aspect of the law of God that we have, you know, if you if you have a problem with uh, immorality or sexual sin or lying or um, you want to hurt people. I don't know what your problem may be. If you have a problem like that and you can't seem to, uh, hate the sin or, you know, somebody that is doing those things and you can't love them because they do too much wrong. Then you really need to take a look at your heart again. Mm -hmm. Um, the ability to love is what drives us as Christians to do the things that we do.
0: Right.
1: A lot of folks don't get paid. Right. I mean, if you get paid to do ministry, that is fantastic. And I'm many are glad that you do, mm-hmm. but a lot don't. So what do they do it out of? And this is not to say that people who get paid don't do it out of love, but a lot right. of ministry is volunteer. And even those who get paid to do it started as volunteers. I mean, I I highly doubt anybody jumps straight into getting paid to do ministry without doing some time doing it out of what? The love of their heart for God.
0: Right.
1: And for expanding the kingdom. This it all comes down to that.
0: Yeah. This idea of love as the, the root of our actions in service to God totally opposes the idea of legalism. And this yeah. is something that uh, Brother Bernard's book, um, Practical Holiness, I think, is the one that I've been reading. Um, he really has reminded me of this. It's not that we do things as the apostolic church, the the holy church, because it's commanded of us. That's not even the reason we do things. That's not even the reason that we live certain ways. It's not just because God has asked us to do it or told us that if we don't do this, we're going to hell. That's not it at all. It comes from the principle of we love God and we want to do everything that pleases him. It's not, we're, it's not like we're the, the Pharisees who do everything because the law says that we're, we're to do it. We do it because God says, here's what pleases me. Now you follow after me love me and bear fruit and so we don't dress certain ways because we don't think that we should encourage uh temptation in people's lives we don't want sin to have any gra- our freedom and our liberty is not it's not as important to us as pleasing god it's as simple as that yeah God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. He came and died for us. The ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate price to be paid and with tears and with blood and with sweat, he struggled with the sacrifice that he was to make, but ultimately submitted to it, bore the full weight and burden of our sin. And we can't even give up our personal identity enough to show forth the holy uh, light of God. You know what I'm saying? God gave so much for us. It's it's the, the, the least that we could do to align ourselves with God's intention for his holy people.
1: And that really speaks to the question that, you know, I could, we talk about, we do things because we love God. Well, why, why do we love God? And it's what you just said was the fact that I don't know of a single other person that has died for me. Yeah. No one else in this world has been tortured on my behalf the understanding that i deserved the cross that i deserved the stripes on my back i deserved the beating from the soldiers i deserved the the humiliation and the spit in my face i deserved that and yet no one else in this world has taken it but jesus yeah when, when, if someone were to question my love for God, I would ask them, Has anybody died for you? And in their mind, they probably would say no. And I would say, Well, somebody died for me when I deserve to die. <laughs> you would probably really love that person, even if it, you know, they say it was a human that was not also 100% God at the same time who died and stayed dead there would be an there'd be an appreciation for them for the rest of your life knowing that every single second that you take every breath that you take past that point when they took the, the they took death for you was borrowed mm-hmm. you would have appreciation yeah. why do we love christ and why are we so driven to please him is because there has been no one else
0: like Jesus mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. No one could have done it. We have soldiers who go to war for our country. They, they die for the country. They die for the nation. In a sense, they die for us. But no one dies in our place. No one takes yeah. on the punishment that we deserve. Not only, not only temporary punishment, but eternal punishment. A very real eternal punishment that we chose to do out of our own desire to do things that were displeasing to God. We knew full and well, according to our conscience, That we should not do certain things. But we do we we did them anyways. But thank God that he loved us first. Yeah. Before he even created us, before he even created the world, he loved us enough to be the word in the beginning. That was manifest. It, the, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Yeah. Mm.
1: So we take Romans 2, 29, the last verse in, in the chapter. And when you take all that we've talked about, that that is the application. How can you ask yourself the question, How can you um, have that circumcision of the heart? How can you take that on in yourself? The first step is to love God and then to do his commandments. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you can truly love God, in a similar sense, we'll never be able to match God and how much he loves us, but we can certainly try. Right. And if you give all of your love to Jesus, then you will be prepared to take that next step in what we talked about in the last episode about living that perfect and righteous life.
0: Mm-hmm.